0: Thank you for downloading Tube Flash Tales, original flash fiction inspired by London Underground and vintage and contemporary brooches. If you want to find out more, visit the Tube Flash website, but not before you've listened to this set of Tube Flash Tales. Tunnel Vision, Oxford Circus.
1: Circus Folk by Isaac J. It's not in Oxford. It's not a circus. All those people dressed in bright tartan trousers, they're not clowns. They've just been to the nearby golf sale. Well, you know, the golf sale. No one seems to know exactly where it is. It's there somewhere. There's always this guy on the street outside the station holding a big signboard with GOLF SAIL written in fluorescent letters and a giant arrow underneath pointing vaguely towards down Regent Street, except when he faces the other way and it points westward towards Bond Street. You don't see any jugglers or magic acts except for mothers with pushchairs juggling their hectic lives whilst performing the magic act of crossing the busy road whilst pushing the buggy, taking a phone call and simultaneously spotting a bargain in the window of Benetton. That guy in the tracksuit hurdling the barrier, he's not a trapeze artist, though he leaps like one. He's just shoplifted a pair of trainers from Nike Town. The security guard chasing behind him is too fat, too slow, too many doughnuts. Slim, elegant types with beards might look like ladies, but really they're just hipsters heading east. No tents or high tops either, only the pop-up restaurant in disused shops. The homeless folk sleeping in doorways, must have fallen from whatever tightrope they were walking. A sports car trundles along two miles per hour. It's a lion, tamed by the traffic.
0: Russell Square
2: Only Connect by Annie Dawid. Alighting at Russell Square for his appointment at Faber & Faber, Tom saw the advert for a new exhibit at the British Museum and changed course. An hour remained before his editor arrived, full of circumspect praise. Intersecting the square on the diagonal, he strode toward the scarabs, sphinxes and papyrus awaiting him, free for the viewing. In the United States, one paid for entry into museums. The British were far more civilised. Hat low on his forehead, Tom hoped to avoid any acquaintances who might be scattered among the benches reading. Morgan, for example, with whom he'd had a literary falling out. When the author of Howard's End prefaced his novel with the terse only connect, the banker slash poet responded even more pithily in terms of syllables, I can't the stevens sisters might be about and though their square was gordon not russell the bloomsbury siblings sometimes passed this way he always suffered their condescension to his americanness try as he might to shed that skin the sun spotlit the cast-iron arms of the benches and pondering the way the light moved across the wooden slats he sat removing a pencil and notebook from his inner pocket sudden in a shaft of sunlight he wrote noting a now visible sunbeam wafting through the filigreed branches overhead as it struck the bench opposite. Feeling a tap on his shoulder, he raised his face to the sun. It was Bertrand, whom Tom, in his humorous moments, liked to think of as the square's namesake, though there was no truth in it. "'Mr. Russell,' he said, nodding, gesturing towards the empty seat beside him. "'Please.' "'The admirable Mr. Elliot,' Bertrand replied.' Thank you, but I see you are hard at work and my rule is never interrupt an American.
0: Ladbrook Grove
2: Pickup by Nina Martin. The magician was lost in thought as he shuffled his cards, his hands, machines, natural to the motions and the flow. It was a habit, I realised, one that revealed something more complex whirring beneath the grin and the wink. He fascinated me. He had done for weeks. Quick glimpses, hurried catching of the eye, never stare directly, never commit. Today was the day. "'Today I would ask. Today. Today I stopped and watched him perform. "'He was young. He hid it well. "'He winked again and drew me in. "'He held out the deck, never saying a word, but the dust, the germs, "'the strangers, the bustle of London. I I turned, I walked, I ran. "'Scared of new, unknown, I would forever be the man, the boy.' that ran, who pressed escape. My tie was tight, I loosened it. Something fell out. A card, a jack, a number, and a name.
3: Chalk Farm
0: Meat by Hannah Bunton The meat on this kebab is tough, I said. I heard Slick sigh over his frying pan. Just shut up and eat it. I miss Jimmy's cooking. He'd mix it up a little. Slick only fed me meat. I dragged a chunk of beef from the skewer. What part of a cow is this? I asked. How the hell am I supposed to know? I squeezed the lump between my thumb and finger. Red in the middle, juices spewing out. Just the way I liked it. I picked at a bulge in the slimy grey skin with my finger. That looks like a... I stopped. I knew what it was. Do cows get verrucas? I asked. Slick kept his back to me. Considering they don't have feet, he said, I'd say not. There were more bulges, like mould growing on a dead man's back, bazooka that verruca. Cows didn't get verrucas, I thought, but Jimmy had. He used to complain about them all the bloody time. Slick never did like his whinging. I knew that's why he had to go. My stomach didn't agree with me though. I looked at Slick. He turned and met my gaze. Haven't you always wanted to try it? He asked. Funnily enough, I hadn't. Jimmy's got nothing on beef, has he? Not my cousin's beef anyway, Slick said. He looked at the meat on my plate. I got them both mixed up in the freezer. After a long silence. So, what do you think? Jimmy had settled terribly in my stomach, his new resting place. Great, now I had indigestion. I think, I pushed my plate away and pulled out my mobile. I think we should get a takeaway. Stratford
3: Wheels of Gold by Len Sakula I cheered on Chris Hoy fell in love with Laura Trott yearned again to be freewheeling on two wheels but cash was tight what to do? I popped into Mr. Sharif's corner shop on the way to work. What was this? Alderman's chocolate were giving away ten golden bikes? Just check inside the wrapper for lucky tokens. I counted out two pounds, purchased two bars. I didn't open them until lunchtime. No win this time. I was hooked. I generally prefer crisps to chocolate, but each day I was giving Mr Sharif, the shopkeeper, an extra pound. Alderman's was a bit sickly, so I shared it out with my colleague Angie. She accepted with a smile. Maybe she thought I was slyly chatting her up. Maybe I was. Friday morning, I had 5.20p's left in me wallet. Enough for one bar. The wrapping felt different. I opened it straight away. Lucky winner, read the card. Oh, I jumped for joy like I'd won an Olympic medal. Oh, I pictured myself cycling the parks and the streets of London in the sunshine, mudguards gleaming. What is it? Mr Sharif asked. My trembling fingers showed him the winning token. With a smile, he removed it from my hand, reached under the counter "'and produced a cellophane box containing a jewelled brooch "'in the shape of a bicycle. "'It is pretty, yes?' he beamed. "'There must be some mistake,' I blustered. "'All those pound coins, all that chocolate, "'just to be fooled by a matter of scale, "'all those calories that I'd never burn off now.' "'Mr Sharif passed me the box.' His nice present for your lady? I nodded. Maybe he was right, Southern. Choose Your Masks by Alan Ashley Welcome to Tragedy Comic, the world's first fully interactive virtual reality theatrical experience. The attendant hands us two masks. Cheryl takes the grinning one and exits left. I attach the pursed lip tragedy mask firmly to my face and enter a booth on my right. Suddenly, all the world's a stage... I am assailed and jostled by robed assassins and peacock-clothed courtiers. So much action, so much thrust, parry and hurry to new scenes. My fingers look red, and I can feel the muscles tense in my arm as I press forwards. Out, damn spot, out, I say. The effects are astonishing. Not just the sights and sounds, but smells. Blood, polished metal, horse dung... Once more unto the breach. Now there are two lovers dead in a church crypt. Then a false king dethroned. A close ally proves treacherous. The battlefield is full of the fallen. It's exhausting. I feel I am really living it. I have tasted the fruit of victory, but at its core lie sour seeds. I want to spit them out, turn back the clock and unmake the mischief. But I press on, although it's overwhelming. Fellow soldiers, kings, queens, faithless wives and unacknowledged daughters are among those tragically taken. At last. Release back into the lobby. Cheryl has returned. She removes her mask and I see her eyes are shining and her cheeks are flushed with laughter and happiness. Come on, David, she says. Take off your mask. I can't. Stop missing about here. I'll help you. She steps closer. Is this a dagger which I see before me?
0: You've been listening to a Tube Flash production, Tunnel Vision. Read by Keith Morris, Tom Blythe, Holly Greenwood and Tim Heffer. If you enjoyed this download, why not visit the TubeFlash website, www.tubeflash.co.uk, where you'll find more underground tales to download and keep forever entirely free by following the iTunes link.